You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Tim Dietrichs. Tim is an artist who has worked as an actor as well as with set and floral design. We went to undergrad together at the University of Evansville. I've always loved watching him on stage and appreciated his kind, kind spirit. He was generous enough to come on the podcast to talk with me this week about his creative life as well as his experiences with drug addiction and recovery. Addiction is something that many of us in the arts have faced in one way or another. I'm so grateful to Tim for discussing it with me. I hope you enjoy the 134th episode of The Compass. What do you do to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? And I guess what does that... When I say the dark side, what does that mean to you? The dark side to me is shutting off completely from everything, from living, from life, from emotion. Mm -hmm. And to be a good artist, you have to be in touch with your emotion. You have to be emotionally accessible. And the times that I've been in the most darkness is when I just shut off completely and uh, um, but it's hard because I tend to be someone who uh, wears their emotions on their sleeves and can get quite emotional I've certainly learned how to control that with age but um, you know I had, I mean, the reason I really was excited to talk to you is because you talked about the dark side and Mm -hmm. I, my thing is I was really, really heavily addicted to drugs for a long time, like 12 solid years, if not like encroaching on like 15. Yeah. And I just remember the first time I took, crystal meth was like, was my drug of choice and the first time I took a hit I just remember my emotions flatlining and I thought to myself oh my god thank god right that like I found something that has made me not be completely ruled by my emotions all the time right and for a long time I thought that was my biggest character flaw was being ruled by my emotions and um and now uh, I'm so glad I have them back <laughs> yeah I don't when do you remember thinking first thinking that about yourself that being ruled by your emotions was causing you problems or was making you too vulnerable or like how how young were you when you started being aware of that or thinking that in college yeah in college um I just remember getting by on my charm and not um, not uh, doing what I, I I would just do whatever made me feel good and if something I didn't want to do something I wouldn't do it and I was good enough at faking it that I could get by with it and uh, you know 
I, it, I'm so happy I had that very patient family because they were, they always knew that I was very impulsive and all of that. And, uh, uh I don't, yeah, hmm. I'm trying to think. So like, yeah, yeah. so, okay. So the reason, so I left, so I went to grad school, right? And then I left grad Wait, and, and where did you go again? I don't remember. Rutgers. Hey, Rutgers, that's right. Yeah, and then I left, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, because it became very clear to me that I didn't want to be an actor, because I was like, I can't, I don't have the temperament to do this business. I don't have the temperament. It's very hard on your emotions. Yeah, and I don't, I am somebody who needs structure. I'm, I'm a I need to know where my next job is coming from, where my next paycheck is coming from. I like to go home every night and I like to have a nine to five job. And that is what I've come to learn about myself. Mm -hmm. And I learned that very early on. And that I think also is why I was always a good actor and a really bad director because I need that. I need structure. I need somebody to tell me, Hey, rein it in, or hey, be bigger in this. Right. In this so you way. can be creative within the format. Right, right? and it's Instead so of funny to create because, the format. Yeah, and you we're always told, as artists, you know, don't stifle your creativity, don't put limits on it. But I need, I, I need, I need somebody to put limits on my creativity because I don't. I've tried to write before, and I mm-hmm. can't. I don't. I don't have the focus to write, and I don't have. I become too scatterbrained and I can go in so many emotional ways that I need someone to put it, pull me in and say, you know, this is, you know, go down this path. Yeah, exactly. And I have, was always very strong in comedic acting and it's Mm -hmm. because I, uh, always see kind of the absurdity in life. And so, you know, I, I tend to have, I remember pe- people would ask me, you know, how, how did you come up with that character? Like, how, how where did you, like, <laughs> wh- how did you, how on earth, where did that come from? And it, you know, in, in a very complimentary way, they wrote, you know, and I said, you know, I read a script and I hear the character talking in my head and all of these things play out and I could go in so many different directions and that's why I need, you know a good director to rein it in and yeah yeah uh yeah i mean that's kind of amazing that you figured that out so early i did but then it was like what do i do now because right because you your know, schooling was all in my schooling acting. Was, yeah it was all in acting and it was all you know you you have to really love what you do in order to be successful at this, because you're going to have to put up with all of these things, like, you know, being poor, which I'm fine with being poor, like being poor and like, you know, being transient. And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I'm not. And the hard emotional part of yeah. being facing rejection constantly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, but it's, I, 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 I love acting when I'm on stage. I love it. I right. don't miss it, miss it necessarily. I certainly don't miss the, the business side of it, but, um, I found a lot of other creative outlets in my life. Like, I fell into um, event design. I did worked with an event designer. Now I work at a floral shop. I run an upscale floral shop. So I'm constantly around, you know, creative designs and and all of that. But it's interesting. I've always noticed that I've come to realizations about like very personal realizations like that very early on, almost ahead of of my time and then I'm like well what do I do now like right like when I was in um fifth grade I guess I was in soccer practice and my my soccer coach took his shirt off and I was like oh I'm gay I am a homosexual (laughs) and I was like I am gay and and this is the thought that I had uh, and I was at like a Lutheran school it was in you know came from a very did you religious... know what that meant before then like how do you I knew that I think at one point it had been talked about and, and they're like this is what homosexuality is it's bad and I was like oh okay but it didn't like right it was like Mrr. right and then it had that happened and I was like oh that's what that is and that's what I am <laughs> and and I remember thinking 
it was such a mature outlook and I have no idea where it came from and I'm so thankful to God for it to this day that I was just like, okay, everybody around you has a problem with this, but this is very real. It's nothing that like I can control. That was a very right. primal feeling that I just had. So that's real and that's there. And if everybody around me has a problem, then I'm just not going to bring it up and probably come out when I go to like college or something. And that's literally exactly what I did. So like, I, you know, yeah. I, 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 you're very logical in that yeah, way. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I just like in, in, a, in emotional awareness that, that is, has been my biggest it's it's been the biggest obstacle as well as like you know something that has made me i don't know what i'm 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 not enunciating this correctly but it's it's been my biggest um roadblock as well as my most freeing thing about me because like i said all of a sudden i'm like what what do i well now that i've come to this conclusion now what do i now right. break i have to sit around and and wait this out and uh but like I said, then I went and I did crystal meth and it was like right. everything stopped. And I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No. And I, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit and I've been sober for almost two years now from drinking. Oh, right. And I found a similar way. It was like, at first you think it's working for you because it's like, oh, I don't feel that yeah. anxiety right. or whatever it is you're trying to stop. And then eventually it stops working for you and you realize, yeah. or you don't realize for a long time that it's working against you and it's taking you somewhere worse. It's, yeah. And it's, um, it's, but at it's, first it seems like a cure-all. You're like, oh. Right. It, it seems like <laughs> a cure-all and it's, uh, you think that you're, you're handling stuff and you're not, you're not, you're yeah. not handling it. Like you're putting everything on pause you're not growing you're you know and it's yeah it's interesting i'm sorry I'm, I, it's funny I'm, I'm finding i'm not being very articulate about That's this okay. because because i've i've come to a place now i've been sober for almost two years and i've put it so much behind me that i don't think about it anymore and it's interesting because i actually you know so i went to I went to rehab because in order to qualify for the halfway house that I lived in for six months, mm -hmm. um, I uh, had to go to rehab because that's what the New York State, that's how you get into the halfway house. And um, uh -huh. But I really didn't need to go to rehab. I literally just woke up one day and I, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm mm -hmm. done. But I was homeless and dealing drugs at the time. So I, so I, I went to rehab because I had to, went to the end so I could have a place to live and then got on my feet and, and I just, I, I'm so much happier. I don't, I mean, I was, I just became someone that I, I wasn't like, I was stealing from people. I was, I mean, I was. It was a very, it was a very lonely, dark, sad place, and and uh, I didn't talk to anyone. I mm -hmm. was very isolated, and again, I just, I don't, I don't think, I don't think about it anymore. I, I, but I, we were talking earlier, like I, I can't, I don't know how I got to be thirty-seven because I literally took about a twelve-year break, and all of a sudden, I'm like, where, where did that time yeah, go? Where did that time go? And 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 right. you become emotionally stuck in that place yeah um so what have you been appreciating in the last almost two years of like of dealing with those emotions again like what are you finding um difficult about it exciting about it like kind of rediscovering that part of yourself as a positive thing um i'm finding out that i that I really care about people and they recognize that. And I'm a very happy person and I, I just want people to be happy. I want, I want mm. everybody to be happy <laughs> and I want, <laughs> and I, and I think 
that people pick up on that. And I, I'm not saying that I'm someone that that is a fixer, like, oh, I'm going to fix you. Or, like, it's not a, like, a weird psychological, like, thing. I just, I, by being happy and, and exuding positivity, people around me want to be as well. And, and in any way that I can help them be positive is just such a rewarding thing for me. And, um, I've actually gotten to be very religious. I've gone back to to church. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I go to church every Sunday and I sing in the choir. (laughs) I'm doing the flowers for my church on Easter. That's so sweet. It is. Yeah. And I, and it's, it's been, it's just to be surrounded by people who are so happy and, and for no, no personal reason, no reason of personal gain, just because they've, found inner happiness and they found their happiness and all they they their entire goal in life is to help people be as happy as they are and i i don't know what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that like i've <laughs> i've I, that, I, and i'm sure that having that community is probably yeah, really it is, it is. exciting and, and what i was going back to saying like i um people go to uh, this is what i was talking about with the going to rehab and everything um, I I, ne- I never went to AA meetings or anything. Well, I did because I had to, but um, I I didn't once I left the halfway house mm-hmm. um, because I I was just so done with the, with the drugs. And it's interesting because I feel like in in recovery there are kind of three types of people. Maybe there are people who really are like, oh my gosh, this is a problem. This has taken over my life and I have to quit because everything around me has fallen apart. Mm-hmm. And so they go to rehab for that reason. Then there are people who are really, really a step beyond that. And they want to, they're, they're really dedicated to quitting. And they're like, I'm going to go to meetings every day. This is going to be, you know, this is going to be like a religion for me. Right. And they then need that pe- structure. Yeah. And then there are people, and I'm so happy that I fall into this category, that are just done. That are just, I'm, there is not one part of me that wants to do that drug again. I not, I have no desire to do it. You could put a vat of crystal meth in front of me and I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't remember anything good about it. I don't remember, I wasn't living at that time. I mean, there, I wasn't, my brain wasn't developing. I mean, I just, it was, That's it was wonderful. It, yeah. Yeah, it is. So I do find that AA is brilliantly structured, very much like a religion. You know, it's, it, it is a religion and it's helped so, so many people, but I, I just, I never. Right. I did. Yeah. No. And I think now, especially, um, cause I went, I went to one AA meeting right at the beginning with a friend of mine and I'm really glad to know that it's there. Like, I'm really sure. happy to know that if, yeah. like, if I'm in a place and I really feel like I need it or right. if I need to be around other people in that way, it's there. Right. But um, I just, I didn't feel like it was f- for me and that there's a lot of other tools out there now. And so it's been kind of great to, like, listen to podcasts that are about yeah. women in recovery and, like, right. read memoirs and, like, yeah. find ways to maintain that when I need to I'm kind of a loner too. So in that way, (laughs) yeah, the whole whole idea of group therapy was always kind of like weird to me too. Also, here's the other thing. I actually, I still drink and I still occasionally smoke weed. So like, I don't, total abstinence for me was not, was never, was something that I, that wasn't your goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't do it excessively at all, but. So because that feeling for you was so complete, are there, are there things that you rely on to maintain your sobriety from drugs or you it was really like that black and white that you'd feel like you don't really need to need keep to. it in your consciousness I, I don't like i said like i was like how did it yeah I become because so, i was <laughs> i was so excited i was like oh yeah the dark side i've been there i'm so excited to talk to lee about this and now i'm sitting down <laughs> to talk to you about it and i'm like i no, don't but remember. there are there are many different kinds I literally don't remember it because I, it's so far, yeah, no, it is that black and white for me yeah. that I just was like, 
I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna do that. No, I, there's not been one day that I've stopped myself from doing crystal meth where I've been like, Ooh, I really want to do it today. <laughs> or like, you know, like no matter how good things get, no matter how bad things get, I'm like, there's yeah. nothing, no part of it that makes me want to And was that, that, were you still acting when that part of your life started? Oh, uh, or would yeah. that kind of already ended? Yeah, okay. I was, uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, you don't have to question. tell me the specifics. No, no, I'm just curious, like, um, when you were kind of in the artistic that's field full time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yes, I was. And oddly enough, got like a favorable review. And on a night that a reviewer came and I was so high out of my mind. I mean, the character... I'm I was sure play- you're, you are not the only person. Right, <laughs> right. And I mean, the character was this very nervous, like nerdy, like theremin expert. Like, <laughs> and it was just like, you know, it was like a 10... 10 minute play um and i was so there wasn't a lot of emotional depth that was at all it was like a very you right. know style. matt smart wrote the play actually um and i was gonna uh, say i think i saw that yeah play. yeah I'm sure you did <laughs> yeah and i was very high and um so it worked and and all of that um but gosh there was just I couldn't I couldn't imagine that well that was another thing is I remember thinking to myself uh I I when I was using drugs really hard I said I I could stop using drugs long enough to go to an audition nail it and get the role but then then then, what do I do then what do I do then comes but I didn't do that because I was scared that once I got into once the show opened and I got into a rhythm and I was like, oh, I got the shot, the show down, you know, then, then I would be lulled into a false sense of security and then I would start using again. And that, that's what scared me because I was like, I, I can't imagine being right. emotionally accessible because at Rutgers, we, we studied, it was heavily Meisner based, which is very like, you know, it's very much like from your gut, like your, your emotional response to things and blah 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 and I not blah 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 but like (laughs) like you know um and uh just that wall that goes up with drugs or just emotionally flatlined it was just yeah I can't there's no way no Mm -hmm. there there's there's no way so you have your structure now you're working at this flower shop yeah Tell me about the creative outlet you have there. What's exciting about it to you? Well, you know what? Actually, it's not th- at this job. I'll tell you. I'll answer that question, but in in relation to the job I had before this, because okay. it was more. But um, what I like about it now, and that that keeps me uh, aware of life around me, is flowers have such a uh, limited lifespan, and it's like. This is what I've learned from working in the flower shop. You can only work so far in advance. You can only stress yourself out so much because flowers die. And you can't, you know, and so you can't. <laughs> what a wonderful life yeah, lesson. It is. It, 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 it really out. is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's you, you can't. And no, also nobody's ever upset to get flowers. Nobody's ever like, this is awful. Right. You know, they're like, thank you. And everyone's really happy to see you all the time. And <laughs> You're just working with like fresh, alive little creatures, and that that are that are around. The fact that there is an industry of flowers is so funny to me. That strikes me every once in a while. I Especially think in this day and age. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm like, there. This is a, a very lucrative industry <laughs> of people picking flowers from the earth and arranging them and giving them to other people. That is, there's a literally an entire industry based around it. There's a wholesale flower market. And then they disappear. And there's yeah. They, <laughs> You don't need it to live. You don't need flowers to live. Nobody mm. needs a flower to live. It, they are completely useless thing. You know, like it's not for our survival. It is literally just for to bring people joy and like to be able to be around that all the time. It's like absolutely lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it's um, it's really nice. And and then you know, just simply working with like the dirt and working with leaves and smelling the the fragrances it's uh it's really it's really relaxing but in answer to your question so before this i worked at a set design shop in red hook that's right 
And that was, what was your initial question? I'm sorry. It was like, like what sort of creative things right. are you excited about yeah, these so, days with the different yeah. things you're doing? So, you know, great about set design is that it's actually the total opposite of working in the flower shop because it's, you work for months and months on this project that is up for a 20 minute performance and, uh, <laughs> you know, and just, but like the, the world that you're creating in this for, and, and like the, you know, the awe that you're inspiring from these, from building a, you know, a gigantic bedazzled unicorn for, <laughs> for a Nicki Minaj concert. It's like, uh, it, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. And you're like, Oh, I'm working so hard, but I'm making a bedazzled unicorn. Like I, I don't, again, it like, it comes back to just the, the reason that I, that I loved acting so much and still do it's because it is so comforting to me to have someone come into a theater see my art on stage and be moved to usually laughter because i was often in comedic roles but to have someone have such a strong reaction to something that i've created uh -huh. is 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 the most satisfying thing on earth to me and whenever i ever th had my little dreams of you know giving my oscar speech you know in the shower like practicing your oscar speech when I, everyone's done it don't say you haven't um, <laughs> you know it was always just like it it was always to to um, to come to that level of success where you were winning an oscar or whatever to be able to reach that that many people that that fan base of so many people who are so touched by your work and maybe after you know a play have a different view on life or think oh maybe i should go call my mother or you know maybe that ridiculous man who lives next door to me isn't so bad and maybe i should try <laughs> to be a little nicer to him like that's what i always found so rewarding especially about comedic acting is finding the absurdity in people and the world and and making people laugh about it not because you know you're you're making fun of it because that's the first thing you learn in acting is to not judge the character you can't judge the character you can't make fun of the character but right. like the circumstances and the the absurdity is is what is so satisfying to bring to light because i hope that because of me, people will say, you know what? I shouldn't take things so serious. Like, I shouldn't take life so seriously. Like, uh, there's just so much, oh God, especially now with oh Trump God. and like, I just so much hate and so much. Well, you keep using the word absurdity and that's what I was thinking yeah, about. Exactly <laughs> right. And it, it, yeah. And it, I, you know, it's funny. I'm like, I just can't find anything redeeming about that guy, but, um, you know, I will say, though, I saw an interview of George W. Bush on Jimmy Kimmel, who, you know, I like, you know, and I was like, who I used to be like, oh, that guy's awful. And now I'm like, that guy's awesome. But like, <laughs> you know, it made me. His absurdity level seems slightly yes. less extreme now. Yeah. And he, ha he has a really good like sense of humor about himself. But yeah, he. Yeah, he. They, it's really interesting, actually. They like his administration used to like doctor newspapers to give to him to, that made him it looked like so he would be reading newspapers that were saying like oh hey you're you're doing really well in the polls or like you have a really high opinion of and so he didn't know he had no idea that like his his public opinion was so low and trump is like apparently by the you know by the tv every day looking at his you know right his polls and everything and it's just like oh <laughs> <laughs> Like there's just oh my a god! Day. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, sorry I brought him up. <laughs> <laughs> he who shall not be named. Yeah. Um, do you feel like New York is your home long term? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I tried to move. Well, after grad school, I moved to LA for the worst. It was the worst year of my life. That place. It just the weather was great. <laughs> the weather was wonderful. I've just, I've only ever spent like a week at a time, yeah, so I feel like I have no idea. Yeah, it was. 
then again, that's where I started using drugs, so I can't really, you know, that was a whole other thing in and of itself. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I got mm. hurt really badly. It was just, yeah. Anyway. Um, and then you came so, right back to New York? Yes, then I came back to New York. Then, like I was saying earlier, when I said I feel like there are, two, there are three types of people, there are people who know they need to quit using drugs, and, and, they, and they try to. Well, that was me at one point, and so I went home to St. Louis lived at home when I was 30 worst mistake of my life and uh <laughs> but um because but I wasn't ready and I knew in the back of my mind that I wasn't ready to quit using drugs and both times when I moved to LA and when I moved to St. Louis I was like get me back to New York City hmm. now now I and you know like I also never dreamt of being I, I never knew what I wanted to be I just knew I wanted to live in New York City like Always. Once you decided you didn't want to be an actor anymore. Yeah, way back in high school when we came for like my high school drama trip, we came here and I was like, oh, this is where yeah. I'm meant to be. I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. am meant to live here. And then I was like, oh, I guess I'll be an actor. I'm good at that. So then I was like, oh, I'll pursue acting. But in New York? I can really, yeah, I don't, I, I'm too scatterbrained to know what, I still don't know what I want to do with my life. I have no idea what I want to do. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. But you're, you're living in New York City and you're, paying your bills yeah that's i mean that's i were just remember like the first year after i got out of grad school did a few small things acting wise but mostly i i think my mom had said this to me at one point and i i try to repeat it to myself like when i got through the year and i had paid for you know paid for my rent and survived all year in new york city extremely expensive city yeah however i did it even if it wasn't through acting um like that's something to be proud of. Right. It's challenging. It's yeah. not a small thing. It's not a small thing at all. It's not a small thing. And you know what's interesting is um, when I was using drugs and I was really in the thick of it, there was a part of me that was very excited having to survive. Having mm. to survive was such a, a source of... I had to be so creative. I, I mean, I had to, I, where was I going to sleep that night? I don't know. How was I going to eat? I don't know. And, you know, then that turned from being like a creative game into like desperation. And that's right. when I started, you know, I was in, in and out of jail and bleh, like it was, it was horrible. And I just, the whole time I was like, I lost touch with all of my friends. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, I barely talk to my family. I, I don't ha I don't speak to one person from that time in my life. That was it's a solid 12 years of my life. I don't talk to one person from that, that I met in that time in my life. I, I just talked to my friends that I knew before I started using drugs. Mm -hmm. Those are the only people I hang out with. Amanda Sykes and yeah. uh, these are all people we went to uh, college with and I mean that that's telling in and, in and of itself. It's just it was just it was such a lonely time that I've I've really blocked out of my out of my mind. Right. I've I've completely blocked Probably out. Probably for the best. Yeah. I thought it was this is going to be such an interesting interview, and now I'm like I don't remember. <laughs> like, it I is interesting. I don't remember any. I don't, and I, I'm, I'm I'm sure you remember it, but I'm glad that you don't dwell on it. I don't, I don't dwell on it, and I do remember there were times where. I'd be walking down the street when, you know, back when I was using drugs and I was like, maybe one day I'll, I'll be one of these people walking to work and going, coming home from work and going to get food after work and like, you know, having Doing that New York yeah, thing. And yeah. Maybe, maybe one day I'll be an adult. Like, and I was like, but I'm, I'm, I'm not right now. And I just, I kept waiting for like, my life to begin, but I, I, I knew that it was all my fault that it wasn't beginning, but I couldn't get out of this rut. And it was just, right. but it's just, it, the reason I started going to church too is because I mean, to go from 12 years of crazy drug addiction to literally overnight, literally overnight being like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. My entire life was centered around that drug. I was dealing right. it. I was doing it. I, every, I would wake up if I was, if I slept. Like, I would wake up and be like, how can I get this drug? What am I doing? And then overnight was like, this, this is disgusting. I don't want to do this. This makes me feel like shit. I'm not, 
living any sort of life right now, no quality of life, that doesn't happen, especially with crystal meth. Crystal right. meth like changes the wiring of your brain. It's the one drug that really like actually changes your the chemical makeup of your and rewires your brain. Right. And that's why it's that's why it's so dangerous. Um, and there and, wasn't anything particular. You would just reach that point where it was too much. There wasn't um, particular. I started. <laughs> I, I mean, started, you don't have to talk about it. If you no, no, to. I no. It's okay. I. I don't know how to put this because I sound a little crazy, but I started mm, seeing things in people that were very dark. Like I would see, I would just know, you know, people have, people have their own um, rates of speech, the Mm -hmm. way they talk, you know, everyone's voices goes a little higher. Sometimes it goes a little lower, but it was. It, it was exaggerated and it was almost like uh, things yeah. like that like these really weird Distorted. I, I, yes I can't even it wasn't it, it wasn't ex- particular experiences but it was th- it was yes it was like, like something was probably something, changing in exact, your brain yes, wiring and, to and an that, extreme right and that was scaring me to the point where right. I stopped using and was started getting a lot of sleep and it was still happening and and uh, there were I can't explain it because like I said it wasn't actual experiences but it was it was almost like um if you took you know those photographs that are double exposed and it's like it's kind of like you know there's a person and then and then there's like the blurred image of them moving mm-hmm. it, that's what was happening it was like something was la- like a reality was layered over another reality almost and it, it sounds like I'm hallucinating from drugs but I wasn't. If I was gonna have, if I would have hallucinated from that drug, it would have happened a long time ago. If I was to hallucinate from lack of sleep, it would have happened a long time ago. At that point in my life, I'd had a very good handle on physically what that drug was doing to me. Right. I didn't, you know, that wasn't. And uh, some something, some higher force was telling me that I was going down a very dark path, and mm. that I was going that I was going into some really weird places that I would not be able to come back from. And it wasn't, nothing happened. I didn't hear voices. I didn't see, you know, demons or anything. Right. But I, there was something off. And it wasn't, it, well, it was from the drug, but it wasn't directly physically. It, it wasn't <laughs> anything that can be explained in a research laboratory. And, uh, Things like I would see, you know, like you, you go up to a concrete wall and there's, you know, the, the pattern on it of the concrete and there's like a, a face there, right? Like you could sometimes in the pattern you see like a face or a shape. Or yeah. And, like and I would, and I remember my sister was there and I was like, oh my gosh, look at that. She goes, what? And I pointed it out. She goes, oh my gosh, that's crazy. So I, I wasn't hallucinating it. It was there. Once I pointed it out, uh-huh. she, you know, she was like, oh wow, that's, that's, that's so interesting. And I was like, yeah, but I would see it everywhere. And, hmm. and it was like, I would see, like, and I would like walk up and there'd be like, you know, but that's what would pop out at me. Not, oh, a wall that I walk by every day and see an irregular pattern. Right. So, I, things like that. Right. That was you like, were just on the edge of another something, thing. Yes. I was on the edge of something After else. After 12 and I, years. Yeah, exactly. And I, hmm. again, like I did a lot. And then at this point, like I said, I stopped using for a long time. I got a lot of sleep started reading a lot about it like what does it do to your brain physically like what mm-hmm. am i i was like oh my god it's this is happening i'm starting to go crazy from using this drug too much like i was very much on board with the with me that this was this drug making me crazy and everything i read w- was completely contrary to it, it was like it, it you know there there it wasn't that wasn't a symptom, that wasn't yeah. no not at all not hmm. at all and it wasn't uh, you know, it would it was like, you know, erratic behavior or isolation, all of those things I'd already been through, you know, right. all of those things I'd already experienced. And but like n- n- none of it had to do with, you know, slight, uh, subtle psychological things like that. And so I, I just one one evening walked out of my apartment and I was like, I, I'm done. And I checked myself into the psych ward at the hospital and I, 
again, I promise not crazy. I just didn't know no, where else to go. I didn't know where else to go. I'm glad you're telling me like yeah. the steps that you took because yeah. people need to know about resources yeah, and, I didn't, and again, stuff. You never know what people yeah, need. I didn't, I say I walked out of my apartment. I was renting a room in actually not far from here in Sunnyside. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's just like above someone's garage that I was barely able to pay rent on. And I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know where else to go, but I knew I needed to change my life and I knew I needed to be somewhere where I wasn't going to do drugs because I was in such a habit of using them. I w- it wasn't that I wanted to use them. It's just, I knew, okay. Yeah. They call I it a habit. Right. For right. It's like, well, when you're, reason. when you're homeless and you're wandering the streets and it's 2am, the only other people who are awake are people who do drugs. Got news for you. <laughs> and you know, like everybody else is in bed sleeping, which I love. I love sleeping so much. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, uh, so in order for me to, to, to get in the habit of not be, you know, to not be, be you in need, a life. You need I to knew, change yeah, your and so I knew I didn't, daily I knew life. I wasn't going crazy, but I went to a psych ward anyway, because I knew that they were going to be able to put me into a rehab facility, which I knew I, cause I, I knew I just gotcha. needed to retrain myself to right. live life because I didn't, I needed to get a routine. Like I was saying earlier, like I need routine. I need a routine in my life. So like I went to this extreme place at first when I started using drugs, it was like, Oh, this is, I'm so free. What, what, what an amazing freedom that I have. Like, I love not having this structure. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, that's what I was so scared of is not having structure. Like, and so, like you said, it's like at first it becomes becomes the the cure and then all of a sudden it becomes the exact opposite yeah <laughs> you know and then and, and very it's, sneaky that it's way it's a crazy cycle right yeah and so i knew i just had to get back into the habit so i went to the psych ward then i went to rehab then i went to the halfway house and then um and then all that where was i going with that i had asked you yeah if there was anything that happened like an instigating moment when you did finally decide to stop like and that, that's how we got into all the the stuff that had changed it right was, around that time it was a no i mean so what i just explained to you happened to happened to me off on and off for like about two months from mm-hmm. i stopped using in august of 2017 my birthday was may 30th i got out of jail on my birthday after having been in jail for six days and that was that was an extremely traumatic experience for me prison that jail I guess that was prison but like jail I was in hardcore jail like downtown I had the jumpsuit on for six days and can I tell you something the it it is appalling the prison system in this country the way that you were treated like subhumans and the way that the prisoners just play are, are okay with it and and, and it's, it's a, for a lot of prisoners, has become just like how they live their life is absolutely... It's so scary. It's so scary and it's so sad. And, and it's, it's so huge. It's, it's In huge. our, our it's, country, the percentage of people who are imprisoned is insane. No, and I'm like, how on earth does throwing someone in a cell and telling them, like, treating them like subhumans in any way a rehabilitate... How do you... You, it's not solving so this any is problems. Your, none. At you all. throw them into this horrible, horrible, gut wrenchingly horrible situation for however many year, months, years, and then all of a sudden you expect them to go out into civilization and yeah. be a, nor- a normal person? No, like it is. It's I, I. It was unfathomable to me. So that was a very traumatic experience. But that's not what's, and that was that just marked the beginning of a two months of some really just something, somebody was telling me something, right? you know, um, which is really funny because I'll tell you what, that was on my 36th birthday. And I'd always said, always said from when, like when I started using crystal meth, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use drugs until I'm 35 and then I'm going to (laughs) quit. And literally on my 36th birthday, like (laughs) at my 36th year, it was like, oop, you're done. Um, and so that was, that was always really interesting. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, then I had those weird experiences, but no. No. Yeah. No, I was, was just done. Yeah, it was... But again, that, my story is so unique it's it, it's that's doesn't that's not how right. people are like right. that's not how it works and so for me it just became very clear in fact it didn't even really dawn on me until after rehab when I was in the halfway house for a little bit I was like oh that's is that was much bigger than me because I was like the fact that I was able to just quit like that is not normal. I didn't real be once I because once I'd gone through rehab and in the halfway house and listening to everyone around right. me talk Getting about their see. experiences, I was like, "Oh, that wasn't normal. That's not right. how this works." And is like, that around when you started going back to church? Yeah, and that's yeah. when I started going. And then I, it literally clicked in my head. I was like, "Oh, God, <laughs> is the only force in yeah. this universe that could possibly be responsible for that?" Because everything that I'm reading in books, everything that I'm being told, everything that I'm hearing, all of these testimonies are telling me the opposite. Right. And, and so, yeah. And, and then, fascinating. yeah. And so I went back to church and I've just, you know, and it's so funny because people are like, Oh, well, church is, is how you stay from, you know, using, using, but it's not, it's just, but I, there is, like I said, going back to what I said earlier, there's just, it, it's really amazing to be around people who are so loving for no personal gain, for no personal reason of their own. They're, they're just people who want to share love. <laughs> I'm glad you found somewhere that's so yeah. positive because, you know, some expressions of religion can be so oh, yeah. bigoted or very well, narrow in their focus of oh, their love oh absolutely no my brother's a lutheran pastor and like not the like the very orthodox lutheran he and he's you know he's a trump supporter that mm-hmm. one oh god is he a trump supporter and he you know he's right. rather outspoken we we didn't talk for a solid seven years because told me that uh this is true story everyone that AIDS was cancer sent to Earth by God, like to kill gay people, and I was oh like, my God. "You're fucking kidding me!" I was like, "I can't believe that we're related. I don't even know where." Can't believe that it's in the two thousands that you're saying yeah, this. I know, right? He also didn't let his first wife have a bank account, her own bank account. Oh my God! Yeah, I know, I know. Okay. I know, I know. I was gonna ask you I'll how you what, your though. relationship with your you family what, is. Tell right you what, though. <laughs> no, we're we're so. I'll tell you when we got to be close again. Was my my father died May first of last year. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no. Tell you what, that was, my dad's funeral was like the most fun time that I've ever had in my life. We had so much fun. Aww. And my brother and I, we went to the hospital the night that he died. It was like two in the morning and then he died. And then my brother and I went back to the house and we're like, we're getting trashed. <laughs> so we got, we got um, our dad's best bottle of scotch and just like watched the sunrise and got really drunk and just like. Totally talked it out, and he was drunk. He's like, I, Tim, I just want to ask you. He's like, I'm really just honestly trying to understand. Like, wh- how, what is that? How are you? I don't get it. Like, how are you? And so, and but he was <laughs> being very genuine. And I'll tell you what, because he, his first wife divorced him. Um, she was a bitch, but he's crazy, so it wasn't going to work anyway. But um, <laughs> so that ended, and um, so that was very humbling for him. To be able to like for get a off past, his high horse, yeah. yeah, and so and then he married his second wife, who is amazing, and I love her, and we all love her, and she's so fantastic. Um, uh, they, their first house they had to move out of because it was haunted, and he's like Tim, he's like I'm telling you, he's like, and my brother's the last person on earth who would be like, yeah, my house is haunted, you know, like <laughs> he was, he he would try to be like, you know, no, no, it's you know whatever, it's whatever, we're gonna try to pray this away. He's like Tim. That shit was real. He's like, there's only so many times that you can watch your kids get on the bus and hear very audibly 
in your right ear like a little child saying daddy and i'm like oh my Stop god it. i know like oh it's so terrifying he's like, oh. he's like yeah saw things too and i was like that is utterly terrifying so those things really kind of like those, it brought you together yeah, yeah those two so and those two things really happened in his life and really chilled him out and he's since apologized and he good and i mean my sister my older sister and i are very similar we're 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 very close and so we're always just like joy you're so weird like like, yeah, you're so strange. I'm glad that you guys are. Yeah. And his kids are all amazing. in touch. And like his daughter. Do- yeah, his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His daughter's incredible. She's like this whippersnapper, smart. She's like scored in the top one percentile in Colorado on like the PSAT, but she took it when she was in like eighth grade. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like this extremely amazing writer, Leah. Aww. She's like this really good writer, like. It's shocking. I read well, it. And I'm I was glad like, she oh. has an uncle like you who's going to be that yeah. creative force in her yeah. life, you know, yeah. to give that other viewpoint. Yeah, I'm telling her she has to audition for some stuff. Well, I know you said that you aren't really a writer. I wish you were because I feel like you I have all these too. stories. I ha- Maybe yeah. they'll take a different form. I do. Yeah. You'll Again, find... you know, I tried to write something one time. Um, you probably don't remember this. You're probably a little bit younger than I am that you wouldn't remember this. Um, baby Jessica, who fell down a well. I'm. I know the reference, but I don't really yeah. remember when it was happening. So fascinating story that all this crazy stuff around it, and it was like the be- it was the first event that CNN ever publicized, like mm-hmm. or for like, twenty four hours, right, twenty four right, right. hour coverage of um, all this really crazy stuff surrounding it that is just absolutely fascinating, and it was always such a it was so difficult for me because I was like, it's interesting to take a story that's already happened and try to tell it. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. it, I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was trying to say about this. That's story. based on a real event. You mean? Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know what I was, what I wanted to get out of it or, or what I wanted people to get out of it. I didn't know what, because there were so many facets of it that I was like, this is like the point of view. Fascinating. And yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what you find your next creative outlet. Yeah. I, mean, I know I'd you like had to told start... me at the reunion that you wanted to maybe get back into acting. I would love to start acting again. In whatever capacity, whether it's just for fun or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to do it. I, I'm still getting used to um, being a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> like, of like, ha- like having a you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't... I mean, it's only been almost two years. Yeah, and you don't understand. I was, like, on the streets. Yeah. Like, I was a child of the night. And I was, like, you know... I'm just so glad doing... you're okay. Thanks. Yeah, me too. And it just... I was talking to our friend Nick Mills. We went out to dinner the other night. And mm-hmm. He was, like, that's what was so scary. Is like, you were always so happy and such a, like, such a nice, like, person. And, and he's, like, we just didn't understand what... It, why you got so dark and sad and I was like oh (laughs) you know but I I would like to say that it is important that if anybody knows somebody who's going through drugs drug addiction or or, uh, you know any sort of addiction problem that it's really important to understand that they are feeling 10 times worse than you are about it. You know, you may see your friend and say, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for them. They're going through something. They, they know. They know exactly exactly how they're making you feel and they feel a hundred times worse. Yeah. And, and they're beating themselves up a hundred times more. And and you just, you have, you have to know that. When you are feeling in like an uninspired kind of dark place these days... Are there any things that you turn to, like books that you reread or music you listen to or places you go that can kind of take you back to that positive place that you like to be in? I'm not, I don't go to those dark places anymore. Yeah. I really don't. Um, And if I do, I reach out to a friend, not about, and, and I don't even say, oh, hey, I'm feeling, I just say, Maybe I'll type them an inside joke. I'll text them, right. you know, just an inside connection. joke for a long time. Yeah. Or just be like, hey, that's thinking. Of, that's what I do. I, I say, hey, thinking about you. Or, yeah. hey, inside joke, you know. <laughs> um, or like, hey, this is happening in my life to 
because I spent so many years being so isolated and just not having any human contact connection with anyone. And okay, so I, um, with crystal meth, it's, it's a very big, especially in the homosexual community. Uh, it's like a sex drug. And so I had a lot of sex Mm -hmm. with a lot of people, a lot. It is a miracle. It is. Here's another reason, honestly, Leah, that I also totally and totally in, invested in God because the fact that I didn't have one STD from those days is that's is, amazing. It's shocking. It's literally shocking. Wow. I mean, the amount of it's all I did all day, every day, multiple, multiple, multiple partners. I mean, in in the many hundreds, if not, you know, and so. And, and, and the, to think that from those days, what I take away from it is how lonely I was is, is, you know, I, yeah. I don't, I, I'm, there's not one part of me that misses those days and misses that state of mind. Like not one part of me. I'm so happy every day that I get up to be here and to be living life and present and, and healthy yeah, and, and talking to people and going to work with people on the subway and like <laughs> talking to people you know and to reach out and have a text conversation with someone you know like yeah. I, I don't go to dark places anymore because I'm so grateful for, for and your perspective is so extreme too like yeah you have... and it's and I'm, I'm I'm not as restless as I used to be I know that always that comes with age anyway but mm. you know I just realized I think there was an element, you know, with crystal meth, you stay up for days and days and, and, uh, there was always an element of, I have to stay up later and later cause I'm missing something. You know, if I don't, if I go to sleep, I'm going to miss something. I'm not missing, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's become very, I became very clear. I'm not missing anything, you know? And yeah. so, you know, yeah. Okay. Great. And then the last thing is, um, have you seen anything recently of any art form that you want to recommend? Oh, I haven't really seen much like TV shows or friends <laughs> stuff or oh, books shows. or whatever. I do watch a lot of Netflix. Um, <laughs> I do watch a lot. Of I know Netflix. there's something. I really liked Russian Doll. Yeah. It was so good. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was really perfect, actually. Yeah. Our friend Charlie was in Frankie's class at Juilliard, plays the main guy. The Oh, really? Who has the parallel track with her. Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. You know what actually is interesting? You know what I was talking about earlier, how when I was going through drugs and it was sort of like things were the same but different? It, that's kind of what it was like. That's that's kind of I think that simple. shows a lot about addiction. That's, yes. Yeah. yeah it I, is. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. But it's... it's that repetition. Yeah, how you the... can go back to a very... Yeah. It, and it's just slightly off. There's something yeah. slightly off. Like, it, I thought they did a brilliant job of doing that. I'm so curious if they do another season, what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, would they, yeah. I don't know what they would do. But then the end when they're all dancing and mm-hmm. celebrating down the street. It's I thought it was I thought it was flawlessly done. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much You're for welcome. doing this. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of The Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. You'll get access to bonus content and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brandon Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.